can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Perfect Max from Natural Chemistry is the premier weekly maintenance product for all pools. This 3-in-1 technology enhances clarity, maximizes pool program efficiency, and prevents problems. Take every pool care program to the max with Pool Perfect Max. Whether training a new employee or enhancing your own knowledge, Natural Chemistry offers a comprehensive online training program that covers everything from basic water chemistry to maximizing efficiency and troubleshooting. Visit www.ncprotraining.com today. Um, are you? Did you, did we start recording already? Did I miss the countdown? You missed the countdown. The countdown just. Oh finished. my god! All right. Well, I guess I'll just get right into it. Welcome to the Talking Pools podcast. I'm Andrea Nanini, and you know I'm here with Rudy, but Rudy's not here. Like. He's Rudy's Rudy's like in a tin can or something. Six thousand feet above sea level in Colorado Springs, looking at Pikes Peak. That is incredible. I've never been to that state or that area before. So that's interesting. I've never have you gone to a dispensary? Oh, like for marijuana? Yeah. No. Why not? Well, because Yeah, and so here I am. I didn't come cool. here to farm. I didn't come here to become a pot farmer. I'm not going to invest in a grow up. Although you could incorporate my, it, could you, you incorporate that I'm into like with, a natural like algae fighting system or something like that? Like possibly, we have the new weed. We have the new weed filter. Right. Maybe THC kills black. Maybe algae. some maybe some hemp fibers for the for the cartridge filters. Yeah, right. There you go. Yeah, Safer alternative to diatomaceous earth. Go with hemp. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good idea, actually. Could possibly <laughs> I don't know if be. that's a good idea. It's you know, the constitution's written on hemp paper. It sounds fun. So um, that, I have a relative on hemp. Huh? The oh. nation was Speaking of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. I have a relative that signed it. What was their name? The Declaration of Independence. I forgot. Not the name of the f- document. The name of the relative. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot his name. But I got my. Um, I'm waiting for my DNA test results. I got. They're being analyzed. I'm just waiting for that last step to say that they're ready, and then I'm going to go on this crazy deep dive. Did you do the whole spit in the tube thing? I did, and I don't know if I'm the only one that read. I read the whole f-ing thing. I read all of the um, the terms, you know. And at the very end, they say, do you give us permission to use your DNA? And I'm I'm paraphrasing here. This is not a quote, but was like, use your DNA in the creation of certain products and certain, I forget the word, something else. Basically, 
Yes, pr- I, I remember the word products being used. I'm like, so gonna, like I have a screenshot of it. Impregnate a horse with your DNA in order to get the boobs and make new kinds of glue, Nanini glue. I don't think that, that that's how it's going to work. But that was my question was, what products are you going to make out of my DNA? I did read a book a while ago, and the author has died um, since the book came out. And I wonder if the things that he was talking about in the book got him, uh, you know, killed, made him a target, made him a target. Yeah. Because now all the shit that they talked about in that book, like has kind of happened and it's really crazy. Well, I know that kind of scary. scary. Currently they're trying to unextinct the woolly mammoth. (laughs) Not because it went extinct of natural causes. It didn't. They say that it went extinct due to overhunting. So they're taking DNA from the woolly mammoth, combining it with DNA from an elephant and sticking it in a big old mama elephant. And they're going to give birth to new woolly mammoths and try to repopulate certain areas. This sounds like Jurassic Park 9. It's a little scary. It sounds like Jurassic Park meets Ice Age. So (laughs) I get it. They weren't supposed to be extinct. Okay. We hunted them into extinction because where'd they go? We ate them all. Gone. All right, but they're fine. extinct now. That's that's the thing. We don't know how to live with these things. We just don't. That whole ending to the most recent Jurassic Park where we all live in f- harmony with dinosaurs? I don't think that's f- possible. There'd be a T-Rex running down the road. Bite your f- head off. That's not harmony. Do you want to hear a really crazy coincidence? What? Listen... The author that I was just talking about is the same author of Jurassic Park. He wrote the same book. It's crazy. Michael Crichton. Oh, him. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, just different. That's crazy how that just came right back around. It did. So the book that I was referring to that he wrote that about the DNA was called. um, Oh my god. Oh my god. Next. It was called Next. So. Here's a DNA story. This is a true story. Whether you believe it or not, it still happened. <laughs> About six years ago. Six, Why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Six years ago, the brother of one of the people that I hung out with in high school, the police ex- suspected him of doing some type of crime thing. I'm not sure, burglary, whatever it was. It wasn't the end of the world or like anything horrific. So in part of their investigation, as part of their investigation, yes, they collected cigarette butts that they, he had thrown from the window of his car. And they brought them in, they analyzed the DNA, so they proved that he was indeed the person they were looking for. But they also noted that his DNA was close enough to DNA they had from a cold case. Dun-dun-dun. The cold case was suspected to be the person who had done all the Gilgo Beach murders. I don't know what that is. A series of like a dozen or two dozen prostitutes that were killed and their bodies were dumped on Gilgo Beach on Long Island. It's been a cold case forever and a day. So they bring them in. That's what they're looking at. Gilgo Beach, this, that, the other things. Really scary. And this guy we hung out with. Right. And everybody and all our friends were like, there's no way. We're still friends with him. We know him. We've gone over his house, all this, that, and the other thing. Right. So then he ends up confessing to 
the rape, murder, and beheading of three prostitutes in 1992. Oh, man. So he's currently doing life. Turns out he's not the Gilgo Beach dude. But, I mean, 1992 isn't much after we were, like, hanging out with this guy. So, freaky, right? Yeah, that's crazy. They they are using that. That's a thing now. If you like watch true crime documentaries, which I happen to be a fan of, um, they now will can they've actually identified like victims that were like Jane Doe's, and they figured out who they were through ancestry DNA no, and stuff like that. So their relatives are. Mm-hmm. And they've been able to – I watched one recently where this woman went nameless. They just found her body. And they never knew who she was. And up until this past couple of years, like literally it was like 2017 or 18 or something like that when they finally like got a name of who she was and found out her story and stuff like that. It's pretty crazy. Very sad, wow. but really fascinating at the same time. So I am here now at the Association of Aquatic Professionals Educational Conference. It's their 12th one. I'm in Colorado Springs, like we mentioned. I'm at this facility called the Broadmoor, which is this 100-plus-year-old building. It's really spectacular. I think I've heard of that. It's really freaking expensive. But anyway, as soon as I get here, I go into the lobby. And right into the lobby, and I was telling you about this a minute before – I go into the lobby, yeah. and all of a sudden the hairs in the back of my neck start to stand up, and I get like goose prickles skin, you know what I'm talking about? And it just feels yeah. like really weird. And I start like seeing this shit out the corner of my eye, like, you know, sometimes you do, and you always explain it off where you whip your head around to see what it was, and there's nothing there. Yeah, like a so, tree branch moved or something. But I keep having this really weird, uneasy feeling. So I'm waiting in line, and this is all going on, and it just keeps happening and happening. I Finally, I get up to the check-in desk. And I look at the kid and I say, this place is haunted, isn't it? And he's like, all, well, you know, I don't think so. And this and I haven't heard anything. Because they're never going to tell you. Um, he's like, I don't know. So anyway, I want to so scare people. The feeling doesn't subside until I get back outside to get to the shuttle to take me over to where I'm staying here. So I get in the shuttle and I start Googling information about the hotel and the driver's just being friendly. He's like, oh, what are you looking up? And I said, well, I'm just trying to see if this place is haunted because it just was like really freaky in there. And he's like, oh, well, he goes, I've heard a lot of different employees over the years say that they've seen things. And especially right in that area where you were, he said years and years ago, there was a swimming pool right next to that lobby and a little girl could mm. drown in it like decades ago. And they since torn it down and built over it. And then built another pool somewhere else. That's really crazy. Do you remember the story that I told in one of our earlier podcast episodes about the naked lady that haunted the pool? Yes, in South Africa. Yeah, I have to look more into that story and find out more about that. You were That's crazy. To um, if she was hot or not. No, you were. But I have heard stories of I just looked up a a story recently about a pool where it's supposedly haunted, where some one or two people drown in the pool. Hold on. So, oh, haunted pools. I've heard of haunted pools where children or, you know, not necessarily children, but people have drowned in the pool where you can hear children running 
Oh, there was a story actually where this woman saw wet footprints. Because I, I listen to a lot of paranormal them. podcasts, and she saw wet footprints, and there was nobody there. It wasn't even like the pool didn't even have water in it. It was just a hole. Um, it's pretty crazy. I, I'd it, we should do like a Halloween episode where we research some like haunted pools and like report on them. That would be if sweet. We could, if we do it from on site and we stay there overnight in the dark to do a f- real true investigation. <gasps> oh, I'm so down. I'm so down for some but I know pool cleaning ghost hunting. Pool on the Queen Mary is supposed to be haunted, and there's supposed to be like little footprints around it every now and then, wet footprints. And then the that big white tile pool at the Biltmore, that's supposed at to also Biltmore. be haunted, yeah. And you supposedly can hear people screaming from the main drain. Is that the one? That's oh, Those are the on. souls of all the people who bought that We're orange recording. VSP pump. Screaming from the main <laughs> drain. <laughs> so yeah, so that could be cool. Is that wait 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 the Biltmore? Is that the one in North Carolina? I think so. Yeah, you see a lot of pictures of it. It's this big white tile pool, and it's kind of yeah 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 it's okay indoor, but it looks like a cave almost. My sister lives near there. I could probably go and do a visit there if I go and visit her. But one whose name we don't mention. Yes. Ah, uh, <laughs> Jail, yes, and jail. like we're not like fighting or anything. Yeah, I don't know. Station jail. It's not in jail. jail. That's just her first name. It's spelled J A E L. Okay. It's from the Bible. It's literally literally in the Bible for. Well, those of you that are, yeah. So is Satan. Bible readers. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> A lot of names in that book. It's a big old book. Well, people be like, jail? What kind of name is that? <laughs> it's it's, it's from the Bible. It seems. That's right. Yeah. So She stabbed a guy in the forehead with a tent stake. Your sister did? No. <laughs> no, the jail in the Bible. Ah, uh, okay. She was a prophet. In the book of baby names, this one means stabbing mm-hmm. in the forehead. I love it. So... It actually means mountain goat. Anyway, it's we haven't even talked about pools yet. <laughs> it means mountain goat. Mountain, whatever. Anyway, so I was at the uh, Southwest show in Houston, and really good attendance. Yes. Really nice show. Very cool. I was part of. The, did you see any mustard algae? I did not. I was part of the Legionella panel there, <laughs> so we were on a Legionella panel. Alicia Stevens from Natural Chemistry and Terry Arco Picasso was there. And a couple of other folks uh, as well. Alicia or Alicia? Is that Alicia. how does she say it? How does she? she okay, Alicia. you said it like. I said it wrong. I don't like to get people's names wrong. Names wrong. It freaks me out. So we were so, there. Anyway, I, yes, we spoke with her. I remember that. How to get away from, get rid of, kill, and Legionella for good. My fellow citizen, if you are hearing this tape, then the world as we knew it has finished. Dim the lights now, turn the sound down, kiss me quickly, cause the world is ending all around us. Shelter me and watch the dust choke out the skyline, the sun rise. And Legionella is the one that you get from the air drop, the water vapor in the air. Correct, by inhaling contaminated mist. The first reported case was in 1976 in Philadelphia where members of an American Legion hall had went to a bicentennial celebration 
and then many of them became ill. So they is named, this like a pneumonia type illness? It is. It's like a horrific pneumonia type illness. Well, see, Legionella pneumophilia can become one of two things: either Pontiac fever, which is the less severe form of the disease, or Legionnaire's disease, which is the more severe form. And one of the biggest things we worry about because it has about the highest mortality rate of things that you can get from recreational water. And these do not cause diarrhea, or is diarrhea? I would rather. Okay, well, because cryptosporidium, you can literally die from the diarrhea that you get. Well, from dehydration. It's not like the diarrhea is going to kill you. Well, I mean, it feels like it. It may. (laughs) But. Okay, just. Unless (laughs) unless you're immunocompromised, then cryptosporidium can kill you. So we were discussing this, and there was actually, I came across an article, and it was so funny because it reminded me of so many of the things we've gone through. It was from later that same year, and it was printed, okay, don't judge the paper, the National Enquirer, right on the front page, and it says, Legionnaires, the Legionnaire's disease hoax. The actual National Enquirer? Yeah. But the point is, is whether it's true or not, I mean, Legionnaire's disease is obviously true. I'm not going to get into the whole right. COVID debate. Everybody has their opinion. I have mine. You have yours. I'm not telling anybody what mine is. But the fact that the paper ran right across the page, here's something that we know is legit, and they first called it a hoax. Made that shit up. So part of the problem with Legionella, it's actually pretty easy to kill if it's free-floating by itself. Free-floating by itself, it would only take a chlorine level of one part per million with the pH 7.5 or lower, only a few moments to destroy it, to get rid of it, to kill it. But Legionella likes to take harbor in things like biofilms, and it is also capable of creating its own biofilm. So even if it's free-floating, if it manages to develop its own secretions that'll give it protection, Instead of a couple of minutes at one part per million, it could take up to 10 minutes at four parts per million to eradicate this stuff. And of course, you know, say a conventional pool, one part per million, we're talking about 40 40 minutes here. Now, swimming pools usually aren't the big concern just simply because there's not usually a source of mist. But is there uh, like a procedure, like a like a response, you know, like for diarrhea or something for this, like a immediate like well, this somebody's coughing, close the pool? No. Well, this is what was in question. Obviously, there's, you know, somebody has to get sick probably before we would realize that this is what was going on, which is the downfall. We don't test for Legionella. But and we wouldn't know what to look for. We wouldn't see it. It's microscopic stuff. And like I said, the pool isn't really a risk unless it has some form of water feature on it where it shoots water into the air, splashes, bubbles, things along those lines. That's why a spa is a so great it's not going to be like a. It's not going to be something where like you can see somebody sick with it in the pool. It's going to be something that they're sick comes with about later. later. Yeah. So, and and that's why keeping records of um, chemicals and all that kind of stuff is super important. Well, yeah, because it could come back on you. So, but the thing is, though, now as far as temperature goes, that's not the reason why pools aren't a concern because Legionella can survive in the water from 70 degrees up and through 113 degrees. 
Below 70 degrees, it goes dormant and actually becomes harder to kill. Above 113 degrees, that'll kill it off. But the problem is, is we don't get water that hot, do we? No. So that's a problem. So spas tend to be the bigger concern because with the blower on, they do create that airborne mist, which also means because it's a mist that you inhale, that you don't actually have to get into the body of water. You simply have to walk past it. Howard. Yeah. There's a rather alarming mountain heading our way. Pull back on the wheel a smidge. The other big concern, which falls under the belt of a lot of pool people, is the fountains out in front of hotels or apartment complexes because it's not uncommon for that to be bundled in with the pool and spa cleaning. And not too many people maintain their fountains as well as they do pools. Rudy and Andrea will be right back with more Flock at Fridays after these messages. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable, and these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with a pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleanings faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at blu-rayxl.com. Blu-ray all day. Pool Magazine is the hottest new publication for the pool and spa industry. Featuring up-to-the-minute news on what's happening in the pool world in a fresh new stylized format with our mobile-friendly app. Pool Magazine is the app for keeping your fingers on the pulse of the pool industry. You'll find featured news, editorials, podcasts, videos, and more on the Pool Magazine app. Download on Google Play and the App Store. And not too many people maintain their fountains as well as they do pools. Some do. Oh, that makes sense. You know what? I've never even thought of that before. What? Because you walk by the fountain and, like, the water is spraying all around and you're basically walking through the vapor. Yep. Through the water. There have been cases. I know of a case of a traveling sports team in Louisiana where they had found that it was the fountain out in front that was the cause. And I've seen a lot of green fountains out in front of really nice facilities. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And so that's kind of scary because it can live in there for quite some time. Plus, also the thing with fountains, too, is a lot of times they have these leaks that people don't want to fix. And so, you know, in our defense, it is kind of hard to keep 
keep up with the leaking ass body of water. I'm not talking about that case. I mean, I'm just talking purely about where, you know, we do the pool, we do the hot tub, and then we half-ass the fountain. Or your tech does, or what have you. And I think if you're tasked with or with maintaining the spa, I mean, if you quoted service on the spa, I mean, you should make sure you do a damn good job because there is the potential that people could get severely ill from that. You know, it's up to 30% of the people who get Legionella, Legionnaire's disease, die from it. So it's not, you know, luckily, nowhere near as many people get Legionella as they do Crypto or Giardia. It's just that it's so much more deadly that makes it a big concern. Mm. So it likes to take harbor and biofilm. We know that. So with it doing that. And that's why we brush to prevent the biofilm. It is, but where does biofilm also form? In the plumbing. In the plumbing. And that's where the big challenge is. And we were talking about silicates um, over the past couple of months and how they put them in the city water supplies because they coat things like lead plumbing. So a lot of pools do have silicates. And the inside of pipes is no exception. And it can also lead to calcium silicate, which takes much, much longer to establish. Uh, But it is a little bit tougher because it does take so long before it actually deposits. And that's the calcium deposit you get where it has that grayish tint to it, which gives a meaty surface that biofilm can kind of grab onto. So the inside of the pipes aren't so slick. And the other problem we have... Can you never say meaty surface ever again? Meaty surface. Meaty surface. Meaty surface. The other problem that we have (laughs) is then that PVC actually leaches out things like uh, plasticizers and things like that, that biofilms can live off of. So then the Legionella takes harbor in the biofilm, and the Legionella can actually live off of things in the biofilm and now it would take to kill that legionella whatever it would take to kill that biofilm and there's been studies where they've maintained chlorine levels of over 200 parts per million and this stuff has still been able to survive that's crazy it does i mean the whole key though is to making sure the key in getting rid of it i think one of the big things that we were looking at was just you know being able to successfully flush the plumbing on a regular basis and some of the best successfully what flush meaty surface meaty surface the meaty surface ah <laughs> stop don't say flush that. the plumbing on a regular basis and some of the most successful ways i mean let's look at how would you kill things specifically that were in the plumbing you'd have to come up with secondary oxidizers that do the majority of their work in the plumbing like ozone or uv or things along those lines, but still throughout everything that I have found, the more recent documentation, scientific research shows that copper or copper and silver ionization seems to do the best job at keeping Legionella at bay and still not perfect. So we need to come up with a good way to make sure that we get no biofilm in the plumbing whatsoever. And that's not an easy task. Um, I was told that enzymes do a good job of enzymes that. Enzymes do a fantastic job. down the biofilms. They, all, they don't really break down biofilms, but they'll break down a lot of the schmutz that biofilms need to survive. 
which is good. So if you get that stuff out of the water, there'll be less there for the biofilm to consume. And we can look at things like we have everybody, you don't necessarily have to go with all this big stuff. You could go and try copper sulfate, right? Like Blu-ray XL or something along those lines. And then we could go with the natural chemistry mm -hmm. enzymes and do that type of thing. But the reality of it is if you take a look at um, even some of the more the um, methods of handling treatment when somebody when this has been discovered is, is that, you know, you shock it, you flush it out. Then after you, if the chlorine level comes down, you run another test for Legionella. Then you repeat it and you run another test and then you repeat it and you run another test. And you just do this over and over and over and over again until you get a clean test. So obviously the better way to do it would be to prevent it in the first place through some of these things that we spoke about. But still, we need to figure out a way to get scale from depositing inside that plumbing. And unfortunately, if we have things like silicates in the water, which most of us do from our municipalities, even LSI isn't going to be enough to completely hinder that growth inside the plumbing. Cool. I think that, well, based on what I heard you say, could you not just drain the pool and start over? <laughs> the problem with draining the pool is that you're still going to have water in the plumbing. Even if you could flush out the plumbing completely and let it dry, then you're still going to have whatever scale buildup was in the plumbing still in the plumbing. So when you fill it back up and start up again, it could be only a matter of time. Shocking the pool, chlorine isn't always successful when it takes harbor in the biofilm because you'll only kill the free-floating shit that's there. You're not going to kill the stuff that's in the biofilm. And then within a couple of weeks, again, you'll have more free-floating stuff in the water because it will spew, they call it swarming, out of the biofilm and then float about. Of course they do. Homes and other meaty surfaces. Stop it. It's just like gallonage. Oh my God, you're going to melt my brain. So anyway, so that's what I've been up to this week. I have one, I did my class on um, algae certification, algae prevention and eradication certification yesterday. And then in a couple of days, it's going to be a head to head CPO versus AFO course comparison here in Colorado Springs. I'm representing team CPO going up against team AFO. Nice. So we'll see how that goes. So what about you? What do you got going on? What do I have going on? Um, oh, by the way, on. that whole Legionella discussion, I believe it's going to show up in service industry news over time where you'll get plenty more detail than I just went through. So consider this to be a teaser. It's on the way along with some possible solutions that came up as well. Um, let's see. What's going on? What's going on? Um, lots of pollen. We talked about this already. Still, still going strong with the pollen. Um, some pain in the ass windstorms that kind of made my life a living hell. Windstorms past week. Um, windstorms. Well, not like a, I mean, a lot of wind. Okay, so like I don't think there was like a whole like lot a of rain. Uh, mm, I got a one of my pools that gets trashed. Um, just requested twice a week service, so that's fine. That's good. Yeah. Well. It just means that the pool won't be trashed on Thursday now, but it'll be trashed on Monday still. But it'll be easier to take care of because it's split into two days. 
Yeah, it's a big pool and there's actually three bodies of water there because the spa is separate and then there's a separate fountain. Um, which now I'm a little freaked out about fountains. Thank you very much. Don't freak out about the fountain. Just take care of the fountain as well as oh. you take care of the pool. Well, I take care of my shit. But, okay. Well, yeah. do that. We've lost Andrea. I am Rudy Stankwitz. Thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, we'll have to get back with Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Well, I can hear her, but she can't hear me. Apparently, she's having some type of internet issue in her neck of the woods, her part of Florida. Her little plot of land on the coast right now is without service. But I will speak for her in saying that we both do love you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have to get back with her next week to see what she wanted to talk about with. Until then, like us, share us, tell a friend about us. We love you guys, and again, appreciate you. So until next time, be good, be safe. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 